Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Anytime, anywhere, that is where you will hear the Growing in Grace podcast worldwide at growingingrace.org. I'm the cat, Mike Kapler, Breezy right over there, the Breeze Man, Joel Breezeke. And uh, thank you for telling a friend that we are here. Look, we, we've been doing this for a long time. We, we make no money doing this. We just uh, do this out of the, the goodness of our hearts with our free time. Uh, Joel has been doing this, uh, getting the shows ready, producing them and, and all of that, taking care of the website and all of the IT stuff. And, and uh, we're just doing it because we have a passion for you to get this message. We're growing in it ourselves, right? That's why we call the program what it is. But we want to help get you to a place where you can have assurance and, and peace and, and rest in where you stand with God and, and hopefully grow in a greater understanding of who God has made you to be in Him. How are you this week, Joel? Ah, doing good. Yeah, in just about three months or so, we're going to hit the 17-year mark, and it just blows me away that we could even be doing this for that long. Um, but like you say, what keeps us going is that we we love doing it. We, we um, are here... One thing we get comments from people and how how this podcast has, has helped them. I just heard from somebody the other day who it was a conversation that um, people were talking about how they came to understand grace. Um, you know, someone said it was through Bob George and and people to people ministries, and some people said it was through this or that, and one person said it was through the Growing in Grace podcast, and that that's why we do this. We want people to know God's love. And his grace, and that, and that's exactly why we do this. And that's that's it. And and and, and send send us a note if if this uh, podcast has been a benefit to you. Many of you have done that, and it just encourages us. So we we would appreciate that. Yeah, we get encouraged too by by hearing. We try to encourage people, and and we get encouraged as well by hearing from you and and how this ministry, this thing that we're doing, how it's uh, how it's affecting you. We love talking yeah. about this stuff. You know, we were talking about the love of God last week. We were talking about how we you know, it's through knowing God's love that, that we are able to turn around and love other people. And we're talking about how in 1 John, John talks about the commandments, you know, and, and the commandments that he's talking about are the commandments to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to love one another, not the Ten Commandments. And then, Cap, you ended up last week saying something about how, you know, um, well, Hebrews 8 quotes from the Old Covenant, looking toward the New Covenant, where God says, this is the covenant that I will make. Uh, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And um, even just recently, I heard someone say, see, see, the law, the Ten Commandments, that's what's written on our hearts. And and so is that true? Is that really what is written on our hearts, the Ten Commandments or the law of Moses at all? You know, there are 613 uh, commandments in the Old Covenant. So the, the writer here in Hebrews is contrasting the New Covenant uh, from the old covenant, you know, showing how they're separate, and they're, and even says 
uh, they're, they're not going to be the same. We'll probably get into that this week. But um, is he talking about the, the law of Moses being written in our hearts? I've already answered the question. I've said no, but let's <laughs> let's talk about why, Cap. Yeah, this is one of those things where you something you hear in church but probably shouldn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, starting out with Hebrews chapter 8, now the here's what he says. Now the point in what we are saying is this. So we know whatever he has said up to this point in this letter, he's heating things up here. Here's a phrase I like to say a lot. I said, I said all that to say this. <laughs> that, yep. that, that's, that's my interpretation of Hebrews 8.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you may not be able to uh, extract everything that the writer said in the first seven chapters and, and get to this point that he's at now in Hebrews 8. But if nothing else, go back and look at what he said in Hebrews 7. It, it is jammed, packed with new covenant explanations of uh, and, and a, a comparison of that to the old. And he will continue to do that here in the chapters ahead. But the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, uh, and, and he goes on from there to say some things that I, I don't want to just skip over them, but we want to get to the point that we're trying to make here because we were talking about commandments and First John and and some things before that, things that Jesus said, things that Paul said, uh, and and the writer in, in Hebrews is is now coming to this in verse six. He says, "But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than that of the old covenant." The covenant, or than that of the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. So now we're getting into a you know more covenant uh, context here. For if that first covenant, verse seven, if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. So let's rest on that for just a second here. If that first covenant containing those stone tablet commandments had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them. With who? God found fault with the people, the Israeli people, because they didn't hold up their end of the covenant. And he says, behold, the days are coming uh, when I will establish a new covenant. And and, and this this is from the, the book of Jeremiah. I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not Now get this now, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant, and I and so I showed no concern for them. I disregarded them, in other words, uh, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my, here's the Jeremiah stuff now, I will put my law into their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and it uh, goes on from there. Let, let's just focus here on something that uh, the writer of Hebrews seems to have tweaked just a little bit from the original context in Jeremiah, and that's where he said, I will put my laws, not law, you know, the, the old covenant commandments under the first covenant, uh, it was referred to as the law, singular, not plural. Here he uses the word laws. I will write them, I will put them in their minds, put them in their hearts, uh, and I will be their God and they will be my people. This is the new covenant. Now, people assume that it was the old covenant commandments being written on our hearts. Well, now, why would God do that? <laughs> Those covenants brought a reminder of sin. 
Jesus took away the reminder of sin. The commandments, as we've talked about over the last number of weeks, uh, caused sin to increase. It was the ministry of death. It was the ministry of condemnation. It bore fruit for death and on and on and on. It was the power of sin. Um, Why would we want that ministry (laughs) that nobody could ever keep? Why would we want that written on our hearts? This is a different covenant, not like the first one, Joel. It's it's something else written on our hearts, and it's not stone tablet commandments. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and you know, I was just having a uh, conversation. I was going to say a conversation. Really, it was (laughs) one-sided online. Well, it was somebody who really just wasn't really trying to have a conversation with me, but just trying to set me straight. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so he was telling me that it's the, what the law that's written on our minds and hearts is, is the, the law of Moses, you know, the 10, the 10 commandments is what he was saying it was. And, uh, so I, one thing that I brought up was that, you know, when, when Jesus came as the Messiah, well, what the, the Jews were looking for their Messiah to come and what they were looking for was somebody who was going to, you know, this mighty warrior who was going to come and rescue them from the Romans. And of course, Jesus didn't come that way. Jesus came, he humbled himself, riding on a donkey, and he became one of us. It was God in the flesh, and, and it wasn't anything like what people thought the Messiah would be. And much in the same way with this, you know, when God says, I will write uh, my law, on, in their mind and, and write them on their hearts. Just you know, just because people assume that he means a certain thing doesn't mean that that's what it is. You know, there's many things like that in the scriptures where people think that this is what it means, that it ends up being something else. And so with all of these things that Paul says about the law, that we, that we know from the other New Testament scriptures about the law, we have to understand that that's not what is written on our minds and hearts. There are so many other things that it could be in Romans, Romans eight. I love how, you know, you know, we had talked about how the law is the ministry of death and condemnation. Paul says that in second Corinthians three, um, it's the ministry of death and condemnation. Well, in Romans eight, one, Paul says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So now he's not talking about the 10 commandments. He's saying the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there was one law that set him free from another law. And so the, the law that he was set free from, the law of sin and death, that's the Ten Commandments. That's the law because that's, that's what death and condemnation and, and sin came through. Sin increased when the law came. It's the law of sin and death, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. <laughs> and so for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, and there we go back to uh, Hebrews, what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son. And what, he, what Hebrews 8 says is that having the reason that the first covenant was not without fault, you know, it, the reason it had fault is because Finding fault with them, finding fault with the people. That's why the new covenant was was needed. See, God doesn't go back on his word. There's nothing inherently wrong with a covenant. A covenant is just an agreement. I God says, I'll do these things if you do these things. Well, the problem is a covenant is only binding if both parties keep their end of the deal. God kept his end of the deal. The people did not. 
So that's why the covenant was made obsolete. And about a minute or so left, Cap. Well, great minds think alike, I guess, when the mind of Christ is at work anyway. <laughs> I was going to go over to Romans 8 as well. So we had Hebrews 8 and Romans 8, if that helps you, if you're listening or driving down the road or something like that. But he, he called it the law of sin and death, Joel. I mean, do we want the law of sin and death written on our hearts, uh, the, the law of condemnation written on our hearts? Uh, no, of course not. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that can encompass a number of different things, but to try and summarize it down, there's a law of faith. As you mentioned, Joel, mm -hmm. the law was not based upon faith. Right. So we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here with those stone tablet commandments versus uh, what we're in now in, in a new and better covenant. Um, so law of faith, there's a law of love that we talked about recently, uh, even a law of liberty, um, we're, the, the freedom, the, the, the love, the, the, the faith that we abide in. Uh, has far surpassed anything that came through that, that first covenant of a stone tablet ministry. It had a purpose. It was for Israel. It wasn't for the rest of the world, but it was uh, going to uh, sort of lead the way, so to speak, by uh, helping people to realize that nobody could live up to that perfect and holy standard, and it certainly was that. Uh, only, only Jesus was able to fulfill that law, and as Romans 8 says, he fulfilled it uh, in us. And so we've got something written on our hearts. It's just not that old ministry uh, that became obsolete, as, as you said, Joel. So, man, there's so much more to talk about, things that uh, you just don't hear in church, but probably should. Stick with us in the weeks ahead here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.